right, y'all. We are back for episode 66 of Bitches Love Brunch, and y'all know who it is. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Kiana. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney is always... Courtney. No I'm going to move today. <laughs> no, I'm here for it. I'm going to move. We need some black joy. I'm here for all the black joy that we can have. So how y'all doing? It's good to be back. What yes. episode did you say we were? <laughs> this is 66. 66. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know how like 666 is a thing? Mm-hmm. Even the 66 sometimes rubs me the wrong way. And I'm like, that's just a little too close. That's what I was like. That's an interesting number. Yes. I didn't know what to make of it. Yes. And I was just like, we just, we're going to rock with 66. Yes. We're just going to keep pushing. That's where we're at. Can't <laughs> wait to get to 67. <laughs> Um. Okay. How we? How you doing this week? Let's talk about it. Last week, because last week we talked about a lot of heavy things. What did you title that episode? Um, burn the shit down. Um, (laughs) and I was here for it. So we were real heavy last week. We processed where we were at with a lot of things because we hadn't. on the show spoken about everything that had gone on since George Floyd. So, um, and we were wrestling with a lot. Yeah. So how are we doing now? Two weeks later. I'm still wrestling with a lot. (laughs) I think it's actually gotten a little bit more complex. It's actually Mm. gotten a lot more layered, um, as time keeps going and this has become a part of our reality now, just like, you know, with COVID-19 and face masks became our reality. Now we have to understand that this movement is very active at the moment. It always has been, but the spotlight is still on it. And so, yeah, with the spotlight being on it, meaning that it's going to impact our lives in different ways, us being black. So we are seeing a lot of trauma still. We are experiencing trauma in our own lives, our own families. I know I am. Um, so I'm doing okay, though. And my heart, I feel like my heart chakras are open by all the beautiful black love since Juneteenth. Um, Juneteenth was an amazing weekend for me, so I felt like... I got a chance to get recharged a little bit and had to recharge again, which is, it just seems like it's, it's ebbing and flowing for it. I don't, I don't have a consistent feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? How are you feeling? I am continues to ebb and flow. I think earlier this week, so we were actually supposed to record earlier this week. Kiana knows like I was in a, very different space than I am today. Um, I think I have moments of when all of the overwhelmingness hits me because it doesn't hit me continuously every day. But then sometimes there are just days where it's just like whoosh, right. and it's all it's all there. Um, save that as a sound effect, dooch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. A lot has also happened since the last time we recorded. I had a very candid conversation with my CEO um, last week, and it wasn't until today that I realized how much she heard me. Like, I knew she heard me. Like, we were we were on a video call. But um, we had a conversation today with 
our leadership team and um, we were discussing our action items in terms of how we're going to move forward with social justice, addressing social justice as an organization. And um, I went into it very cautiously because performative, right? Companies are on the bandwagon right now and they are trying to make sure that they are, they are on the right side of everything, which I believe to be, you know, for show, like it's the bottom line. You, you want to protect your bottom line, smart, do what you got to do. Um, but she used our conversation because I expressed some concerns to her that I had about our leadership team outside Mm -hmm. of racial justice. Um, some of it outside of racial justice, but also some of it in terms of disparities, even within our organization and myself being an example. So she used that conversation with permission from me to kind of set the tone for us as a leadership team prior to us having the conversation about our action items. Right. And when I tell you, I didn't know she was going to do that, but when I tell you that, uh, it opened, I got to see my impact right in that moment because it opened the door for two of my other black colleagues to be very more direct. It opened the door for, um, another colleague who's a woman to, be more open about what she's been sitting with, what her experience has been. Um, And I was really proud to see how that set the tone for our conversation as we move forward and kind of open the eyes of some people, but an opportunity for me, for, um, for me to call people out, which I have no problem doing any other time, um, (laughs) which is why I know I'm there. Um, But it felt because we set the tone that way, I had no problem calling people out in a different way where it was just like, you think that the invitation to the movement just started? It did not. You just didn't open it. It's been here. It's been here. Um, And then the other thing that happened to me today is I don't have many white friends, but I talked to one today and we just had one of my good friends from OU and we just had like an hour long conversation just about everything that's going on. And it wasn't the... I mean, it was a little bit of the pick your brain, but yeah. but it was a dialogue. It was a back and forth. It wasn't like he was sitting, taking notes, like, okay, this right. is what I need to do. Um, and he he felt safe enough to do that with me, right? But he also had that opportunity to say, this is what I'm seeing. This is how I feel about it. Yeah. And this is what I think other people, white people need to be doing. Like, where do we go wrong here? So today felt like a little bit more of, um, today was a little better day. Today was a little bit of a better day just because you know that there are some people out there and by no means is it going to be perfect and by no means is the fight over. By no means do I think that I'm not going to have to go back to work and continue to fight battles every day because I am. Tomorrow's a whole new day. Tomorrow's a whole new day. Because while that was, you know, that may have moved the needle a little bit, I still have black staff that need to feel just as included, that need to feel, um, that need to be, you know, provided equitable resources, just like everybody else. That was truly, if this is the iceberg, it was this little part (laughs) right there. Y'all, Courtney is showing me the phone <laughs> near the camera of her iPhone. Like that, not even the camera part of it. Right, like the corner. Know. No, that makes sense. So, 
but it, it, I think for me, it just, it continued to show, which I've known where my impact lies and what I need to start with, because it can be very overwhelming. And so to that, I say to anybody that is like struggling with where do I start? I've said this before, like you have to leverage where you are. Your, your moment may not be at work. For me, it is because that's my avenue. That's the table that I'm at, that I'm at. Your moment might be with your friends, right? Your moment might be in your volunteer spaces. Your moment might be at home with your, with your, with your family members, with your cousins, with your racist uncle, whatever. That might be your space. Your moment might be the process, whatever it is. Leverage those moments. Start with what you can touch. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm trying to do. Every day ain't easy. But I was yeah. glad to, for today to feel like a good day. I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad you're feeling better, too. And then you were able to unplug. I'm still trying to find more outlets on how I can do that. This week, I also took a, a self-care day because I needed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because... Yeah, it's a lot going on through our minds right now. We're carrying a lot. So good for you, though. Thank you. So that was a little bit longer recap than I expected, mostly because I talk a lot. But um, anything else you want to share to that recap before we move on and pass the mimosa? No, I like the last episode. We got a lot out. came out around Juneteenth. It was appropriate. Yep. Um, Yeah. How was your Juneteenth? How about that? It was good. Um, and have you how long have you been celebrating Juneteenth and it's okay guys if you just started right right celebrate yourself and sometimes I think celebration is also acknowledgement like so I feel like I have acknowledged Juneteenth in some way um it's it almost feels like Black History Month where I'm black every day you know what I mean (laughs) Um, for years now, ever since I learned about it. And I was definitely one of those people that, like, you got to remember, I went to Twinsburg. They definitely wasn't teaching nothing about Juneteenth up in there, okay? We live in America. They're not teaching Juneteenth, period. They're not. Um, <laughs> but my point is, Peter, uh, this was OU before OU. <laughs> like, it was not going to happen you in Twinsburg. I was. I was. <laughs> Um, but you know, mm-hmm. gratefully, I've been surrounded by a family that has kept me very rooted in who I am. So, um, Quanza, I'll be going. <laughs> it yep. wasn't the first year that I celebrated it with any um sort of acknowledgement, but that actually is something else that changed in this two week time period is that um my organization has now made it an annual paid holiday. And so we had that day off. Um, I spent it being my black self with my black family, and and it was nice. And it was not. It was nice to not even feel guilty about it. You know what I mean? And and in some ways, it still felt different than um, the Fourth of July because it wasn't like. I mean, we didn't personally cook out again. If that's what you did, there's nothing wrong with that. Spend your Juneteenth however you need to. Um, but we actually encouraged our staff, like, this isn't just a day off, how people try to say about, you know, MLK. Take this time to learn and watch and absorb and research some information. Like, and we, you know, we gave them, we provided them with some 
educational articles, encouraging to watch 13, those sorts of things. So my Juneteenth was good. Um, my mother was in town at the time. Um, so yeah, that's that. What did you do? I worked on Juneteenth. Okay. Yes, I had to work on Juneteenth. Didn't feel good about it. Felt very enslaved at that moment. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I worked on Juneteenth and then the, the weekend, I, I had a good weekend. Uh, one of my homegirls here in Nashville, we went to some Juneteenth street festivals. So I had an opportunity to support a lot of local black businesses or black artists there. So got a new piece of art, got a new Nipsey painting that I'm mm. very excited about for my music corner in my space while I continue to decorate. Um, got some pins that I could wear. Um, and then I met the most, oh my gosh, the most amazing 13-year-old Courtney. She was selling lip gloss um, at one of the Juneteenth street um festivals it was actually near uh slim huskies it was in their mm-hmm, parking lot mm-hmm. and i go to this little girl and i'm just like hey what are you selling and she's telling me about this lip gloss and she looks a little bit younger and you know me in education i just want to know like who are you how old are you what are you doing out here with this business and so i asked her how old she is and she tells me that she's 13 she has all these different flavors of lip gloss her mom is there she has a marketing manager there supper her run her business and i'm just like hey i want to buy a few of these lip glosses from you i'm actually going to tip you as well because you give good customer service and i need you to understand how important that is as a black entrepreneur and three how can i help you do you want to go to college mm-hmm. what are your plans afterwards mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i had an opportunity to talk to her mom um and learn more about this young women mentorship program here and that just lit up my <laughs> juneteenth seeing that little girl 13 years old, y'all. It's hot in Tennessee right now. It's hot, hot. And she out there in the sun. And sis is hustling. And when you see a little girl like that who won it, who won it all, she want to earn it herself, can't do nothing but respect her. You can't do nothing but shower her with love and support. Yeah. And I hope she felt that because I felt like that. And, and I was happy to buy from her. I was, I was excited to buy from her. I was excited to give her any extra that I had. So that was such a cool moment for me on Juneteenth. It was, that was just amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's how you do. And, and again, back to, because that's something you do any day. Right. Being your naturally black self. Um, So more of that, more of that, please. Okay. So we're going to pass them a mimosa real quick, give y'all, give y'all an affirmation, and we're going to hop into these topics so we, um, so we aren't before you long. I am, um, what, what is it called? The sangria ale that I had is the bubbles. I've mentioned it before. Oh, girl. I was like, wait, what? I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what I'm drinking. It's another um, bubbles ale. It's not the rosé ale, but the sangria um, it's good. I like it. That's where I'm at. What you drinking? I'm drinking a sweet white wine today. And I've switched over from red just because don't want to stay in my teeth right now. It's mm. outside. <laughs> well, my, hot outside. That was my first right. thought. Yes. Before I am able to pull down my mask and show my lipstick. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> We need to, you know what? Maybe we need to um, get like a clear mask if we do want to wear lipstick. Maybe they should. There you go, sis. 
over again. Let me shut the fuck up. There you go. Do that. Well, I don't want to make it. Actually, somebody can have that. Y'all can yeah, have y'all take it. Run with it. But I'm sure it will be people all over that. Girl, they got masks that match. Have you seen the bandana mask? That Well, not the bandana mask, but the mask that matched the bikinis. To I don't think so. Top bikini, bottom bikini, and the mask to go with it. I lie. I have, yes. <laughs> but where are we going? But where are we? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay, so that's what Kiana's drinking. <laughs> What's our affirmation today, sis? Our affirmation is that I give love freely and love flows through me freely. <laughs> Got it. No chopping screw this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> y'all should, y'all, Courtney just did a little dance, y'all. I just, I wish one day y'all gonna see this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one day. Um, maybe, maybe we'll go back to doing lives again. We just haven't been in a mental space to do that, but no. that day ain't today, so. For now, you'll just have to get our commentary. Something's coming soon. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Okay. So, today we're going to talk about relationships. Ooh. Ooh. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) We have done this before. I think we have covered different aspects of relationships, male perspectives, the women's perspectives, um the dating experience, all of that. But Kiana and I were um, attracted to these, com- or we saw some things on social media. We saw some things on Instagram separately. Well, we both, the second topic we both saw. But the first one really struck a nerve with me. And like I was sharing with Kiana, this, um, I've seen it done in sermon form about when you are in a marriage, so not just a relationship, but when you are in a marriage, um, the need to die to self. And um, as always, we're not as prepared as we would like to be. Um, So I'm pulling it up. But um, I saw a post a couple of days ago, and the title of it was Around the Difficulties of Marriage. And so it was listing these five main things around the difficulties of marriage. Well, the fifth thing um, said, and I will read it because I don't want to get it wrong. The fifth thing that it says is a difficulty of marriage is unwillingness to die to self. Relationships will expose ugliness within you. Don't run from it, defend it, or house it. Kill it or it will kill what you have. And so essentially they went on to say that unless you're willing to die to self, um, your marriage won't work. Um, A marriage should consist of, a good marriage, excuse me, consists of two dead people and that you die to self more each year. And if you don't, your marriage will die more each year. Um, It went on to say that as you go on, you know, you die to yourself more, you know, things change. And so this person mentioned like, you know, when they first got married, they didn't have two kids. Now they do. So they had to die to self more. And so what I was sharing with Kiana before was, um, 
for me, it gave this tone, more of this tone of losing yourself as opposed to setting some things of yourself, dying to self and focusing on God and making yeah. compromises for your marriage for it to be successful. Um, and that that really struck something with me because it was just like, I do feel like there's a boundary and a limit of how much you die to quote unquote die to self. Right. Because. And to your point, Kiana, and I'll let you elaborate on this is like, it shouldn't be two dead people. Like we should be alive as a unit thriving under this constitution from God, this constitution of marriage from God. But if we don't have a sense of purpose for ourselves, like to me, it's all for naught. You know what I mean? Then, like, why are we here? Right, because the marriage should have a purpose. Exactly. So, and and maybe it's because that post didn't offer that balance of dying to self to create this as a union, to create whatever this purpose is, this partnership as a union, to set those things aside. So I think that's what really threw me off because I'm just like, then where do you go? Then we'll be doing. So I'm, I'm going to stop there because I feel like I started to give too much to it, but um, I want to let you chime in. No, I thought it, I thought it was interesting. One, there's just a lot of death there. Like you got to die and then die and then keep dying. And then I do think that there are moments where you do have to kill things within yourself that no longer serve you and no longer serve your relationship. But I also think that, you know, after those deaths comes a resurrection. And I think that that's the piece that they're missing because that is the whole impetus behind dying to self when you're, when you're married and that it's supposed to mimic how Christ died for us and then resurrect it um, to, to bring back something stronger, to bring back something better, to <laughs> yep. become whole, to become one, to become living. We serve a living God. And if we serve a living God and actually be married under his word, I will not be dead with my husband. We living and doing lots of living. Now. Right. So I'm just like, it, it was when I first read it to, or when you first um, recapped it, I was, it reminded me of like the Birdman uh, meme, like, so is you dead or is you dead? Like, how many times you gonna kill it? You, you The two people gotta be dead. You gotta die twice. You gotta yeah. die again. And I'm just like, so when, when do you die? Then when do you do, when do you get to exist in this new space? Because you're exactly. just telling people to drop all of these things, but you're not telling them to build. And the purpose of a marriage is to, or a relationship with anybody, anything, is to build and become, you know, unanimous in how you move forward. Exactly. So, it was, that, that, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I'm going to let you go. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I just think that a lot of people define marriage differently. And I think that <clears throat> everybody should because everybody's relationship will be different. Everybody's rules, set of rules will be different. And it's hard to put a one-size-fits-all on marriage, quote-unquote marriage, when everybody has their own different marital experiences. You can't say that that could be true for everybody. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you will die to self, but I just don't think that 
the way that they framed it is the experience that everybody shares. Right. Um, I had a question for you and I lost it, but I agree. Like, I think we spend a lot of time listening to these quote unquote marriage gurus or marriage experts or relationship experts. And there's nothing wrong with that, like guidance, right? Like, especially if you've never experienced that before. Um, But I feel like sometimes what it really is, is everybody taking their own perception, which could be skewed, like, and they could be projecting as opposed to like, what is the foundation of your marriage, right? Where like, and what is the agreed upon foundation of your marriage between you and your partner? This isn't for me. This isn't for me to decide. You know what I mean? Like you have to set those foundational parameters of what your marriage looks like for you. And not saying that, you know, dying to self disregards that, but I do think you also have to establish how you get there. Like, you know, being willing to compromise. I don't know. It just felt like strong terminology um, to use when we're talking about something that should be, that doesn't have to be mundane. It doesn't have to be just going through the motions because the way it was put, it was just like, you do this for your partner, you do this for your kids, you do, you know, and you do that. And there's, there's no space for any of you to show up. And I think that's I think that's the problem that we see sometimes, especially for women and even men where we get lost in that. It's like I have to be all of these things and mm-hmm. not be myself. And where do we create space to be ourselves so that the so that the marriage can thrive? But I think that that's because a lot of people start off in the wrong footing and why they get into relationships in the first place. I feel like a lot of people go into relationships seeking their identity through their partner because they don't want to do the work to find out who they are. So they want to figure out who somebody else is when they could just find out who they are. And so at the end of the day, I think they end up resenting their partner because eventually that person may find themselves and then that other partner is left not finding themselves and wondering who they are because they've given themselves away to a person that continues to develop themselves. I'm going to start, I'm going to start using that as you know, how people got that, that sound when it's like, you got it right, sis. I'm going to start tapping the glass. Like spot on. that, That foundation of why you, it's not even so much who the partner is. It's how you go into the partnership expecting, with, with not even expecting, but just not having that foundation of who you are. Yeah. And I think that that is most important because if you know who you are and you value who you are, you're going to make sure that you require time for you too within your marriage because that is, or within your relationship. I can't speak to being married. I am right. not. But when you carry that into any relationship, because I don't think, your your marriage is one of the most significant relationships, but there are also other significant relationships that you can mimic off of. And so when you bring your best self to any relationship, when you know who you are, when you're not trying to find your identity through anybody, which was what we like to call um, codependency, when you're not codependent on yeah. these relationships, you're able to make space for you and you're able to set boundaries to honor who you are while you're in But also you make space for the other person and the other person makes space for you as well. So you all can be 
your because you know how we talk about bringing your whole selves to work and I'm one of those people where it's like I don't necessarily want to see your whole self at work but in my in my marriage I want to be able to be my whole self you know what I'm saying and so how do you create making sure that you're creating that space where I'm not asking you to lose your entire self Mm -hmm. to benefit me Or even just to benefit this relationship, because what does that say for us and what does that take away from us? And I think sometimes even doing that is what creates the problem because you try to remove self so much. Now, if we're talking about removing self and replacing Christ, that's a different conversation. Right. That's a different conversation. That's not what they said. They said we were staying dead. We were staying dead. Now, they didn't mention that it had to be a God-centered marriage. Yes. But again, you have to remove self and replace it with something. You can't just leave it dead there because to me, then the marriage is dead. Like, right. where, where is the excitement? And excitement for you does not have to be the same excitement for me. When I say you and me, I mean in our separate relationships. In a relationship, yeah, we want to we be compatible with what that excitement looks like. You know, what gets us going? Right. What gets the party started right and that could be in business and work and sex and and working out like what gets you excited cooking it doesn't matter but i think when you're dying to self completely and it's just two people in a union my god i don't want to die all of myself i like a lot of me and to me that's the value of the marriage because part of what i bring is going to help you be better. And part of what you bring is going to help me be better. And we can't lose all of that for the sake of what? Again, not to bring anything else to life in addition to potentially bringing life into this world. And what do they see? Mm -mm. Hopefully not dead people. Hopefully not dead people. The one thing that you said to me, which kind of triggered, it was triggering. This is why I stuck with me. Um, that you said that you have to not only make space for yourself, but you have to make space for someone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And I think that that <laughs> is important too, because so, so I can only speak to myself, so I can just share about my experience. If, if Being a single person and trying to adapt and, and understand who you are and spending a lot of time fine-tuning who you are, sometimes you forget how to create space for other people. So you have to be intentional about creating space for other people. So you can spend so much time honing in on who you are as an individual that you forget how to share. Sharing is caring. So you have to remember how to share space. And Um, not just in romantic relationships. Like that's just called being a human and adult. Like it ain't always about you. Most times it's never about you. Like, Meaning, like, it can't just be about you in whatever relationship that you're in. And that could be work. That could be friends. Like, yes, you bring something to the table, but it's got to feel mutual. Yes, it does. Otherwise, people will feel inclined to remove themselves. Or I will feel inclined to remove you. I think about that at work. Like, this isn't mutual here. We're not here for the same reasons. You might need to go. You know, one of the things that this is this is something that I'm trying to get better at is not only just thinking of, you know, removing myself, but just readjusting my energy. Because now I'm trying to get rid of the whole, 
cut people off thing. I think I talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And just redirect my energy. And knowing that we may not be on the same wavelength at that time, you get less of my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's important too. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you for indulging me on that topic because it really struck a nerve with me. And I was like, I need to process this outside of like just this post, you know, because you can't necessarily. And I ain't want to go back and forth in the comments, you know, folks be kicking it in my neighborhood. So, if, you know, if you hear anything going on, you know, folks just having a good time. I love that. Um, what was I going to say? So, yes, thank you for entertaining me in that. Um, and I wasn't necessarily looking for somebody to agree with me. I, I would even actually, you know, encourage anybody to, you know, if they have a different perspective on that, to, you know, provide that because let me know. I don't know that my mind would change, but I would go into it with an open mind if you give me something else, in, you know, to consider. And I'm pretty sure, you know, me bearing witness, not completely into people's, you know, marriages and relationships. But I'm sure for the most part, some of them would agree. You know, some of them would agree or say, like, I've had to sacrifice a lot. And there are some mm-hmm. things that I've had to learn how to preserve for myself a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a balance. Yeah. And if you guys have any other perspectives to share, please do. I love always a good happy. dialogue. Yeah, always happy to engage. So I think that would be awesome. It was a good topic, Court. Thanks. So we're going to stay in that same vein. Yes. Of relationships. Yes. Um, I just started to smile because I was thinking about the actor that we're getting ready to speak of. And I just thoroughly enjoy him and have loved him for a long time. But I'm going to let you go ahead and kick this off. So one of my friends shared a video by uh, Will Catlett and his wife. And I've been a longtime fan of Will since, uh, what, what, uh, why am I forgetting the name of the show? Yes, first. And, you know, they actually been posting more, talking about they may have a resurgence of the show. Mm-hmm. And then he also starred on the show um, Love Is, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. Oh, my gosh. I never man. finished it, but I need to. Love Is. And, and even though I think we only got one season, yeah. was it one season? I will go back and rewatch that one season. Like, I really do think that um, if y'all can make that a, a film, I will, I will watch it as a movie. It was, it's so good. I really, really did love Love Is. So, um, and I think the lady who wrote Girlfriends, yeah, yeah she. Mara Brockakio. Yes, her. yes. So, sis, if you hear us, I, be, I will patron the movie. So, yeah. But anyway. Her husband just can't be a part of it. What'd you say? Her husband just can't be a part of it. I'm leaving. I mean, her not not by my standards. That's just why the show ended. That's part of the reason why the show ended. So it is. But I'm here for it. I agree. If it's a film, I'm. I give you my money, Mara. Yeah, I'm cool with it. But um, the video that Will had posted was a video about. It was with him and his wife. Let me start off and say that. And in the video, they pretty much were talking about how women interpret correction and correction and, you know, going through your relationship, making errors and your partner, you know, really helping to build you in this particular area. And his wife really touched on the point that when they when she used to receive correction from her husband, it used to feel like an attack. 
based off of her previous experiences and how she was raised and how she usually received corrective action. That's usually how she interpreted from him, despite his delivery. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that he touched on was also the frequency in which he gave her correct or constructive criticism. And I really enjoyed that. And he really touched on the fact of how we always say that there's a time and a place for everything. And there's a time and a place for, you know, constructive criticism and knowing how frequently you should do it and when your partner needs it. And if you should, and not even if, but when you should gauge if your partner can ever cross that bridge of feeling inadequate um, based on those comments and criticisms that they give. And so I wanted to talk about that because I'm having some personal experiences <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Receiving constructive criticism and really trying to improve myself and my relationship and really trying to take that feedback and not take it to heart in terms of knowing who I am and and how I feel about myself. And so this has been a new experience for me recently um, because I've just been operating just me by me. But yeah, I just wanted to take this time for Courtney and I to dig into it because I thought it was such a powerful and beautiful video. It's such a great demonstration of just tender love, like just tender, gentle love in the most constructive way that I've heard in a very long time. I, you know, I'm, I'm growing to like the tenderness. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not the, I'm not always the uh, fluffy, warm and fuzzy person. <laughs> Stop oh, making no. that face. Stop. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you see this? Can you, I just want to make sure. Um, Don't you flick me off. Yeah, I had to tell my business like that. That was for me and you. My business with you. No, right? <laughs> um, no. So anyway, all that to say, I appreciate. I appreciated the candidness of this conversation and the comfort level that they had with e- with each other to have this conversation because you can tell that they've done this before, like holding mm-hmm. conversations like this. Um, I appreciated his wife and, you know, she was kind of smiling because she was very aware of like, even when he was saying how um, he's aware of how frequently or the frequency in which he gives the constructive criticism, like, okay, if I say something to her Monday and I say something to her Tuesday, I got to fall back on Wednesday and Thursday because that to your, you know, like you said, that's, that could make her feel inadequate. And she was smiling and she was like, yeah, you know, I have definitely, you know, I've, I've been there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So to be that candid. And I think that I interpreted that smile as I appreciate you getting and understanding me and being aware enough to say, let me fall back without me having to get to a point of blowing up and whatever that looks like or disengaging yeah. Where then the conversation does not become helpful. Um, and I say that all the time. Like I remember saying to you about something else <laughs> unrelated to like romantic relationships, but like you got to know how to be in a room. You know what I mean? So you yeah. got to know how to read things. And while you may have something important to say um, or share with your significant other or friend, whatever it may be, like, it's a time and a place, right? 
And because if it's out of love, the intent is never to hurt them and it's Mm -hmm. never to make them feel inadequate. And so if you want to do everything in your in your power to make sure that they don't feel those um, nasty things, how do I need to change my approach? Ooh, child, how do I need to change my approach Mm -hmm. so that they know that I'm coming to you out of love? Yeah, absolutely. I could. Uh, so many thoughts running through my head at the same time but yes to all of that (laughs) yes to every single bit of that I think that you know one of the things that we we take from our our friends from the read is you know words mean things and you can tell that he was very careful with his words when he spoke to her he was very careful and not tiptoeing yeah the care you got care he took care and what he was saying. He did. He was very intentional. He's very intentional with how he gave the feedback and very intentional about the time, the frequency, the I'm pretty sure the tone. That's always important. And I just think there's something to be said. And even though I, I, I hate to even have to applaud this, but it's true, you know, so often when black women feel like we get into disagreements with black men, we know that it can escalate to a point of disrespect. We know that if, you know, we go into the store and even if we don't want to pursue any type of, you know, combativeness with the man, let's just say they want to address us and we don't say anything and it's a fuck you, bitch. You know, it's it's it's, it's all of those things. And so when we're trying to have these conversations and we're trying to get our emotions across and sometimes we can get too flustered or too loud or whatever it is that they say too many that we do too much of. It's beautiful to see a black man still handle us with care, knowing how gentle or how delicate that we are and not pop off on us. Or in the, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that. Go ahead. Or in the reverse, when we see our black men possibly shut down and clam up and instead of immediately going to a fuck you nigga and everything you stand for, why you not saying nothing? And I just went real vulgar there really quickly. Sorry. But... (laughs) I think when we go to that point, you have to, and when I say we, because I don't think I've ever gotten to that point, but we have to recognize that some women do, right? Like, and because it's two sides to it. So when we go to that point, that does not make anybody want to engage anymore. That is mm-hmm. not going to get the response that you think or that you want, because that's when it turns into the F you bitches and all of that. Like, that's, that does not help the solution or, you know, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be that, but then you start to say things that are below the belt. You start to say things that are those personal things that I've only shared with you and then you use them against me. And that does not help. That is only going to make me resent you. Right. So back to the point of he took care, he was careful. Like we have to take care of each other. And a part of me taking care of you is being mindful of how, when, and what I say to you in love, right? So I it, it, I agree. Like, it was a beautiful thing to see, if nothing else, the reaction. They, they could have been talking about, they could have been talking about where they were choosing dinner, how they decided to choose dinner. Like, <laughs> I don't care. It was how... Um, how supportive they were of each other in that moment and, and the comfort level that they have with each other to be able to share that. Because I, I don't think we always see that. Um, yeah. I think another example 
was that I absolutely love. Was it the last episode? No, second to last episode of Insecure. So spoiler alert, if you're not caught up at this point. Um, what you been doing? Don't hate on people like that. I've been saying they 30 minutes. I sometimes so like to watch seasons after the season is over and watch it in its entirety. Like Y'all know. Go support Issa Rae. Stop playing. <laughs> Okay. Remember how we just said like there are different way to do things, Kiana. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> but what I was gonna say was because she was mad that y'all have not been watching Insecure weekly every Sunday. I was because I, I just love Insecure so much. It's such good content. I just think that every black person should be trying to. Let me say this. This season was my favorite season, and it was mostly because of this second to last episode that I was referencing in that I absolutely loved of Issa and Lawrence reconnecting and putting everything on the table. Yeah. I Mm. even think in those moments when, you know, Lawrence, you know, had been on his mind and he wanted to have a conversation, but he took care. He was careful about what he was saying. I mean, and some time had passed, right? Um, About what he was saying and what he was asking and I and I felt like Issa did too, so much so that when we get to the end and we find out about his ex, if we look back a few seasons, that that would have gone completely differently a few yeah. years ago. For sure. It would have been a whole blow up. So I really appreciated the character development, but I appreciated that authentic moment, but also just an example of like it doesn't always have to be the yip yap and attacking each other. And I think we need to see more of that because I think that's part of our reality too, Mm. is we can have these conversations, these tough conversations with your, with your spouse, with your significant other, and it doesn't result in someone walking away. Um, Feelings may be hurt, but it doesn't, I think we see that and it always turns into bashing. And 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 it happens, the, you know, the bashing happens, right? But then growth happens. And I, that's why I love this season. That's why I, I felt like they got it right in that we saw how Lawrence and Issa used to be, but we also saw that you can grow from that either within the same relationship or right. take that into something else. Because that doesn't always mean you need to go back. Right. But you carry that into the next. Um, But I I think a lot of times we see when when the back and forth happens, when people are trying to give that constructive criticism of their spouse or significant other, and either they run or it turns into be more toxic, and then they stay in that toxicity. Yeah. Where it's just like, that's not all Black love experiences. Yeah, you know, I, I'm glad that you said that because I think that a lot of... One, I think context is important, too. I think that oftentimes when you see situations... And, and this this is not to say that this is, you know... I'm, I'm not trying to generalize, but right. most times it's reflected on what you've seen growing up and how you mm-hmm. feel seeing relationships or... Um, disagreements handled or Mm -hmm. disagreements at all Mm -hmm. because sometimes you know some parents you may have seen a great marriage but you never saw how they successfully handled disagreements so you don't Mm -hmm. know how those or maybe you saw parents who 
had really um, toxic ways of handling a situation, and then you mimic those, and so you've never or you've never seen anything. So you're watching it on TV. You're basing it off of what you see there, where it's over dramatized because it's TV. So there's a lot of different experiences and what shapes your lens. But I think most importantly is to know what lens you're looking through it from, and to really understand what relationships what you've seen growing up because. You know, in my family, my my parents were married, and it's not normal for me to see two parents arguing. My parents didn't argue a lot. Like, I think I've seen them argue a handful of times. And so for me, that seemed pretty normal, that conversation. But for somebody else who may have grown up in another environment, that can seem like, wow, I didn't know that existed. And that's not to say that we all know you know, like like I said, I still don't know what my parents talked about behind closed doors. Right. You just things. didn't see it. Right. And I knew that it, however it was handled, it was handled in hopefully what I presume to be a respectful manner because I didn't hear anything other than that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important too. But I also think it's important to acknowledge your lens and to accept your lens because that helped it seemed like it helped his wife to really know how to receive how she how he spoke to her. Because mm-hmm. she said in the video, it sounded like an attack because I was used to being yelled at yep. and, and having that. And so she knew her lens. Yep. So she knew herself. So she was be- better able to articulate how she felt based off of who she was to her husband so that he could care for her. He didn't, I, hopefully he didn't have to guess around and figure out, you know, what it was. She was able to articulate that. And I think that's what usually takes a lot of time in relationships and will ultimately proposes such high barriers that people can't work through is that if you can't tell somebody what's wrong with you, how can you expect them to help? And so that's the part that I was going to mention because that's what I resonate with is also because we've spoken a lot about what you say, how often you say it, but also for the people, excuse me, that don't say anything at all. I've been saying this because I remember saying this to my daddy. Closed mouths don't get fed. So, <laughs> and this and this is coming from somebody who I know for me in some situations and in some relationships, I have presented as the problematic one because I wasn't saying anything at all. And then it would get to a point of festering and blowing up. And when I say blowing up, like, again, I... I I'm trying to think of any instance of where I've like gone off on some dude like that. Like, have we've had heated debates, but I ain't never been. A, I just ain't been there yet. Um, but to the point where it blows up, and I'm sending this long text message, and they couldn't see the gesture, Cordy. They didn't know. What she yeah, was I know, I know. And I was trying to figure out how to describe it, but you know, when you got those two fingers in the face, like, <laughs> let me tell you something about yourself. And not that I haven't wanted to go there, um, but, you know, I try to be a peaceful person as much as possible. And I don't like people getting me out of my hookup or I don't like people seeing me out of my hookup. I think that's the more important part. By any means necessary. So all that to say, (laughs) um, (laughs) for me, it has been it has sometimes been the situations of not saying anything. And there's that build up. And then next thing you know, you want to send this dissertation of a text message and then and then and then expect somebody to respond and react to that who's doing that who's Mm -hmm. doing that 
No, I mean, who's going to want to respond to that? Like you, you, you let that build up for so long. Like, I don't even, I don't even know how to do with this, especially if you talking about something that happened six months ago. Like, it's not fair. You know, if, if you got an issue with something that happened Tuesday, January 25th of 2019, and you just now bringing this up and I had no space to support you and correct you, explain whatever we had no dialogue about this and you've been holding on to this this whole time so not only is it important about what you say how you say it the tone and with care but that you say anything at all because if i don't know i can't fix it true and if you don't know you can't fix it for me you know what i mean like you can't help me we can't work through this together you know i think this is the part about insecure that i'm having trouble with because in one hand on one hand, I understand addressing the issues right away. I'm not that person, though. I need time to process. I need to yeah. figure out why I've been this way. I need to understand who your mama is. I need to understand what we've done, what experiences we've had in the past. I, I, when I make a decision, I need all the facts so that I can really decide what I'm about to do with this particular relationship. And I'm not one of those people who immediately want to address it. However, you know, I see that being problematic because there was potential for Molly and Issa's friendship to dissolve because of that. Mm, but I understand mm-hmm. people the space. I think there has to be always just open communication. I think that's what that is. To let people know, like, hey, I'm not in a space to talk about this or I'm not in a space to receive this. Or, hey, I would like to address this right away. Because not everybody wants to address stuff in the moment. And also, everybody does not want to wait forever to address it. And you have two different types of people. And so you got to find out where you're alive and compromise. you got to keep the communication open. I'm smiling at Kiana, y'all, because we had this conversation the other day. <laughs> and I'm just I'm like, sis is learning. Sis is learning. Step by step. And it's and it's not and it's not that people you know the person may not want to have the conversation at all, but it's almost how I've been saying. Wow, it's almost how I've been saying about. I know, right? Um, about some people who want to have the conversation with me about Black Lives Matter and racial injustice. Um, the guy that I spoke with today, when he first reached out to us, I was just like, I. I can't say anything right now. I'm at this point in time. There's nothing. This ain't a good time. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to have the conversation, but it's not a good time. And he gave me my time and space that I needed. And we had such a fruitful conversation. You know what I mean? Such a fruitful conversation today. And I think it's, I think it's the same where it's just like, and I'm not talking you know, I think it becomes problematic when you wait six months and then you continue to throw it into some, you know, throw it into somebody's face. Right. But if, some, sure. but if we, I'm not saying like everything has to be addressed in that moment because, like you said, I'm a processor too, so I can't always be like, "This is how you're making me feel right now." I need right. to be able to get my words together so I don't attack. You know what I mean? And say, "Okay, look, I want to, I want to have this conversation with you. Are you open to having this conversation?" So, that's what I'm saying. I still have to say, too, 
Y'all, I be flighty. I be flighty. I be the first one ready to roll. It gets uncomfortable, and I be like, yes, I'm just going to remove myself, and we just going to go back to my little peace and solitude. And that Mm -hmm. don't always work. It doesn't. I used to be... Um, I used to be a flight person too. I used to be a flight person. How do you too. work on your flight? How do you stay grounded now? I so it was a couple people ago. Um, <laughs> this y'all, Courtney is bouncing her hand like she going across the, the train. Like, yeah, like game, she's moving the pieces. The pieces. <laughs> a couple, couple of ago. people ago. Um, <laughs> before so this was a period where I took um I was single for quite some time mm-hmm. and when I got into this next dating experience and eventually relationship um I at that point I already knew that I was a runner so I knew that I wanted to be different in this um in whatever the next relationship was going to be so my singleness helped me in that where it's just like okay what has happened in the past? Part of it was that I knew that, you know, at the time I, I really didn't want a relationship. The other part was sometimes I feared how good a relationship could be. So I would run. Right. And so knowing that prior to going into, I know <laughs> going into the next one, I made it a point to recognize that I wasn't just going to give up so quickly. So I had to sit in some discomfort in that relationship. And I would say that at times, that was a relationship that I probably shouldn't have stayed in. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to. I wanted to better myself in that example and work through some things, um, so that I wasn't always running, and but that I was also making sure that I was fighting for the right things. Yeah. Like if we're on the same page about this then I'm not just going to give up so quickly. And we were, you know, we knew we would, what we both wanted out of it. Um, but I don't think I had equipped myself or I had had the resources provided to me yet in order to know how to stay better. I yeah. knew I didn't want to run. I didn't necessarily know how to stay either, though. Right. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Sustaining so. the relationship. Yeah, because you, you like you you can say you want to stay and fight for something, but if you don't have the proper tools and resources to to do that, and you're still acting the same way, and if you're still toxic, it it's a disservice. You should yeah. you should have left. Facts. You should be gone. You should be gone. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm working through my flightiness um, with a lot of grace, a lot of support, a lot of openness, a lot of good friends, a lot of grace. Lots of grace. Almost, yes, lots of grace. So, yes. That's good, though. Yeah, progress. Progress. Slow progress is still progress. Slow and grow. Slow and grow. What else did you, anything else you want to talk about from that experience? Let me, um, I think there was one more thing that we touched on or that I wanted to touch on. Have and I? That, um, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to salute all the men, even though I'm not saying that this is the expectation though. So I salute all the men who meet the expectation and that shout out to y'all who can, you know, feed into pour into y'all women and to still make them feel loved all in the same breath. 
Um, that is a skill that we love, that we need, that we appreciate. Um, the, the fact that we can be open with y'all and y'all can care for us. Because, you know, I think a lot of times on this podcast, we talk about the deficiencies that black men have. But there are a lot of good things that black men do, too. Absolutely. And that's one of the ways that I think that black men really show how much they love us is when they take care of us, when, you know, our emotions are a little sporadic, when we can't make right of our words, when we had a long day of work, we've used all the proper English that we could for the day. We just got to get it out. And so we salute y'all for doing that. And we see y'all, we appreciate it. And we know that y'all are caring a lot, just like we're caring a lot right now, but it's nobody else in the world we rather love on. It's nobody else in the world we rather be with. Um, during this and so I think that it's, it's all worth it at the end of the day we all are just trying to heal and grow and build these strong black families and so it's much as support if you know people who are going through things in their relationship if you can support them pray for them y'all was excited about the bridesmaids pictures years ago when we all can able to have them big ass bridal showers so now call them girls call your groomsmen and if y'all going through those things, make sure you get your tribe around you and cover your your marriage and your your partnership in prayer. And make it sure was, you got the right tribe. Don't let nobody be out here enabling your mess. Yes, yes. On both sides. Both sides. Both sides. So, yeah, man. Work on all parts. Yeah. That's it right there. I don't think I have anything else to add to that. You. Like so, like that. Like so, like that. Yeah. I, I really do. That's my auntie slash sister. Yes. Like so, like, like that. Like so, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add to that. Um, we need to share the video on the page so y'all know what we talk about. We gotta find it. You know, I don't know how to do that though. You gotta help me with the video. I'll find it. I'll try to find it. <laughs> I can repost everything else but a video, y'all. I'll be trying. I'll try, I'll try to find that. All right. Well, that wraps up the topics for episode 66 of Bitches Love Brunch. Um, we're going to go into our tips and brunch spots or chef recommendations. Um, and we want all black everything. So are we? Okay, I was. You made a face. I was a little concerned for a second there. Well, if I had no all black people, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was like, let me tell you, I only got space. Of, I only got space for black people right now. I do. I only have space for us. I'm living in a very segregated world by choice. When I'm not at work and have to tune in to be overseas and to to mix cultures, I do appreciate my white friends. But yes, I really absolutely. Want, with nothing but black people right now. So, yeah. Okay. So, who do you have for a tip? I do have a tip. Let me pull him up. So, okay. So, this tip is actually going to go to... His name is Dr. James Alberti. He's a chiropractor, college professor, entrepreneur, personal trainer, and the co-owner of The Link. The Link is a chiropractic, family medicine, PT, and so much more. Um, it's a state-of-the-art facility and fully equipped to service every Clevelander's needs. This is located on East 36th Street in Cleveland, Ohio, in the hood, y'all. Pull up! Pull up! We got yeah. this popping up. We support it. 
This man is doing amazing, amazing work in the community. His name on Instagram is 007 underscore Nuke. We actually are in a workout accountability group with each other. And I just so happened to go to his page and he was a chiropractor. And I like to get adjustments. I need adjustments. As much as I fly, as much as I sit, I have to make sure that my spine is intact. I've had, you know, I got big boobs. So, you know, the back be hurting. <laughs> y'all know, mm-hmm. y'all know the feel. Y'all know the real. I'm right with you on that. Right. So you got to take care of your body. So this man is doing crazy adjustments in Cleveland. What he's doing is pretty phenomenal. He's really focusing on making sure that um, he's covering all aspects of health. So he does adjustments. He's a chiropractor. They have meal plans there. They have personal um, workouts there that you can go and get trained there. There's just a lot of things that he has. He put it in a low-income area in Cleveland, y'all. I am from inner-city Cleveland, so this just means the world needs to see him doing this and making sure that families can take care of themselves, they can do it in an affordable way, and he doesn't want to turn anybody away. So I'm always here for that. So if you're in Cleveland, your back hurts, trying to figure out what's going on, maybe you need some accountability in terms of what you're putting in your body, maybe you want some nutritional um, facts that can help you get that summertime body right, get ready for the winter, be snatched in cozy cuffing season. You never know. So, y'all, go check him out. His page is 007 underscore new. And then if you're interested in the clinic, the clinic is actually called Link to Health. And I'll put that in the show details so you guys can find that out. And he will get a 80% tip for me because he's from the homeland and he's taking care of the hood. Buy the block up. <laughs> Send me that too because my mother um, and sister have actually been looking for a chiropractor. Nice. So, Send me in the text. So my tip is going to my twin, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, out here doing the work when she really does not have to, but she does it anyway, and she's phenomenal at it. Um, this is going to my twin, 1901. Uh, Shannon, won't give her full name, but Shannon, as my sis right there, um, earlier this week, the week that we recorded, she um, hosted and presented at a digital fireside chat, and it was how to ally for Black women at work. Yeah, um, And I just so appreciate, like I said, I just really appreciate her doing this work in this space around DNI, especially at a time when it can be very overwhelming for us. Um, so to carry that and to do that, I know that this was a presentation um, that she had previously presented along with two other colleagues um, that she had previously presented. But again, to do it in this space and during this time where we don't always feel like educating, right? Um, We don't always feel like having to lead this work. So I'm also giving her an 80% tip because it's not easy. Um, So shout out to Shannon. If you, I think you should follow her. Um, so her, well, I guess I got to say her last name anyway. Um, so her Instagram is Shan Ashford seven. Follow her because, um, while you are getting some of just who she authentically is as a person, you're also going to get the gems. I feel like we have all been in this space of, you know, sharing in terms Mm -hmm. of information and resources and 
what needs to be done. Like, we still need to arrest the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor. So just know that when you follow her, that you will get nuggets and not that she's looking for a plug to be followed. So if she gets some random followers, my bad, Shannon, but that's because it is. Um, But I think she's someone worth, you know, her content is worth following and getting some of that information. And I'm sure that um, she has other nuggets that she will be bringing. So shout out to her. Um, Super proud of her. And I love what she's out here doing in this space because somebody's got to do it and it sure ain't easy. It sure enough ain't, and it ain't me. I'm throwing some money on that tip. Drop it. Clink, 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 clink. Okay, so I'm hoping because I think I had us last time on the brunch spot. I hope you got us this time on the brunch I spot or do. chef. I do. So, actually, I featured a chef on our page. His name is Mr. Goodly Cooks. Um, I actually feature him for our Father's Day post. He's a dad, mm-hmm. the black dad. He's also a chef. And so if you guys are interested in getting some recipes, following this chef, I strongly recommend it. I personally am a little bit biased because I think that New Orleans has one of the best is one of the best places in the United States for food. He is based in New Orleans. And so if somebody is cooking, cooking, and they cook in New Orleans, I gotta be there. I got it. Right. To you. So you can follow him at Mr. Goodly Cooks. Um, and we'll go ahead and put his details in the show notes as well. So guys, check him out. Follow him. Show him some love. Happy late Father's Day. Yes. All right, y'all. That wraps up another episode. We were glad to be here. Um, it's nice to just be able to talk to each other, especially when things aren't so easy right now um but lean into your tribe that's what i'll leave you with this week lean into your tribe because we all need it um because if we really about this about the movement i keep saying this it ain't gonna be over no time soon no it's not we have to keep working and resting and resting and working Mm. so anything else you want to add before you uh share the social medias no y'all stay black and for those who are white, try to stay allies as long as that you can. If not, go back, read another book, try again. Um, that's it. That's it. Stay safe. Uh, what Nipsey says sometimes is not even stay safe, stay dangerous at this point. So y'all stay prepared. Yep. Be stay well, vigilant. be safe, be prepared. All right, what's the social media? And we're going to get out of here. Got a Facebook group. You can hit us up on our Facebook group. It's called Bitches Love Brunch. We also have an Instagram page that be popping. Come talk to us. It's bitches double underscore love double underscore brunch. If you're listening to us, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for listening to the episode. Make sure that you're following us. Share it with a friend. Like, rate, review. We're on all of your podcast streaming platforms. Apple Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Wherever you can plug us into, we're here, and we will see you in a little bit. All right, y'all. We out. Bye.